Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hey, everybody. Nick Smolovsky here with Bad Elf, uh, supporting the Geoholics podcast. We're here with another Tech Minute for the Geoholics. Today, I want to quickly talk about a really cool um, step in the right direction. Uh, in the month of May, uh, the United States has put up several orbital rockets for the first time since 1969. And most excitingly, next week on May 27th, about midday, if you're in Arizona like I am, uh, you should set up a watch party because for the first time in nine years, the United States uh, will be putting up astronauts Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley uh, to travel on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket to the International Space Station. If at all you were ever interested in, in space and flight and astrology, and maybe that got you into surveying and, and geomatics in the first place, this is a really cool step back into the space age. So again, that's going to be May 27th. Check it out. It's taking off from the famous launch pad in Kennedy Space Center, uh, where a lot of the famous rockets have gone up over the years. Take a, take a gander at that next week. Again, this is going to be your Bad Elf Tech Minute for the, uh, for the week. My name is Nick Smolovsky. I'm with Bad Elf uh, GPS. If you need to get in contact with me, please reach out to the Geoholics crew, and or you can reach me at nick, N-I-K, at bad-elf.com. That's nick at bad-elf.com. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Cheers. Ready, boys? Ah, it feels good to be back. We are live and in person. How good does this feel? <laughs> oh, my God. I just got the chills. I never thought it would happen again. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 37 of the Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for Geomatics professionals, also known as the... I'm going to say Casey Stengel. Doak Walker. No. I'm going with the original manager of the New York Mets. <laughs> How could I not... You say what you say, I say what I say. <laughs> Who's Doak Walker? I'm assuming a football what? player. The Doak Walker Award for like the best running back in college football? Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm a letdown. I am freaking old. <laughs> All right. Join Did the Geoholics fan club, everybody. For every 20 bucks you donate to the uh, Geoholics GoFundMe account, you receive a couple Geoholics wristbands and a highly sought-after Geoholics t-shirt, along with having your name mentioned on the next podcast. I got to mention that that t-shirt is in my closet now. And it jumps out at me in the morning. When I'm going through my clothes, I'm like, oh, that the, one there. The yellow one, right? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah a little that's <laughs> the point. That's the point. Safety first, boys. It's an attention grabber. That's for sure. Absolutely. That opening number is from uh, a band called Big Sugar. The name of that song is Digging a Hole. They are a Canadian bass band led by Gordy Johnson and Big Ben Richardson. Their musical style has been defined as roots rock reggae. If you like what you heard, please be sure to check them out on Spotify and Apple Music. And of course, follow all their social media pages. Uh, most importantly, support your local musicians. Um, with that, let's give a shout out to our friends of the program. First and foremost, Bad Elf GPS. You can find them at bad-elf.com forward slash flex to check out the new GNSS receiver that they have. And thanks again to Dr. Nick and the Bad Elf team for the tech minute that opened up the show. Well, we were back together with Dr. Nick and, you know, that guy kind of needs a haircut. But, he need a haircut. you know, nobody's going to see him until he's on those webinars and everything. Yep. But that's a whole nother show. Land Surveyors United is next. Uh, Justin Farrow. 
is quite the interesting character, as you all know. He's got a fantastic website. Uh, go on landsurveyorsunited.com, and don't forget to check out the page that uh, features us, the Geoholics. You betcha. And Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow for all your drone and UAV needs. Reach out to Scott Ohana and his team there. Parkland College, their land survey program in Champaign, Illinois. Again, I don't know what the fall holds for them. I don't know if anybody knows what the fall holds for them. I'm just glad we're back together. On a side note, it's parkland.edu slash surveying. Corey Allred will set you up and get you on the path to a, a fantastic career in surveying. Nicely done, shoots. And last but not least, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, also known as AGS. You can find them at agsgps.com, and they are your one-stop shop for equipment, sales, repairs, rentals, and they even have field supplies. So check those guys out if you have a need for any of the above. With that, we are in a new environment this evening, boys. This is great. This is the, uh, we're going to call it the Beat Lab Studio, better known as Producer Jake's Kitchen. <laughs> it is cozy it's cozy it's homey and he's got a refrigerator s- stacked full of trulies so <laughs> well they ran out of trulies now they're under bud light seltzers for you <laughs> they all taste the same free plug ta- don't get used to it the, yeah Presley's like what flavor do you want i'm like i don't care they all taste the same <laughs> <laughs> they all get the job done yeah let's catch up with the boys producer jake how are you now i'm doing good guys um yeah we're actually here set up on my kitchen island so it's the first time we've done this and actually this is the first time that we were able to break out all of the equipment and you can get set up in person. So that's really cool step moving forward. And I've done some other things this week, kind of just taking those those steps back into real life. So um, got my haircut, much needed haircut. I think that was like two and a half, three months that I went without it. So probably like one of the longest times ever. And I needed that terribly bad. So um, we went out to the lake last weekend. I got way too much sun after being inside for however long I was inside for. So I got pretty sunburnt. But um. And it is Arizona sun that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and this is, yeah. It's high UV, this time of year. High UV that? index for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that too, and then heading out of town um, up north to escape the heat this weekend too. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more, more about that um, safely, of course. But yeah, doing good. Entering back into um, the swing of things, back into real life. I was going to ask you, did you see on Netflix that they have a new show called Space Force? No, is that? Oh, you know what? I think Steve I Steve Carell. Yeah, uh-huh. I did see. <laughs> I saw awesome. this when they when they announced it forever ago. Yeah. It's like a little parody on. That's a real thing, though. Do you see that? Where mm. they? Um, this is like a real, like it's a branch of like. I, I they could be saying this wrong, but it's like a branch of the military that they've oh, created. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right, and they yeah. they like announced their flag this past week too. I didn't look at the, what the flag mm-hmm. was, but that's like a real <laughs> thing. So it's like I don't know. Is it already out or is it? No, it's coming out. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. They just had a trailer. Gotcha. I have to check so that out. It's coming look pretty up, good. Yeah. Ryan, how are you? I am living the dream as always. I am, like I've said several times, and I will continue to say so, I'm just excited to see you guys and have some sort of sense of normalcy back in my life. Agreed. Um, the Beat Lab does have kind of a, a studio audience here, even mm-hmm. though I don't think anybody in this room could care less about what we're doing right now. It's kind of <laughs> comical to watch. <laughs> uh, I am the proud father of a now second grader after today. So, Honey! Yeah, the man made it. I, there was no doubt in my mind. Uh, got him in the pool every day, even if we have to wait till that sun goes down. We don't want him getting too much of those UV rays. But yep. uh, other than that, just 
hoping that this world opens up sooner rather than later, but safely, of course. What, so. do, what are you thinking about the MLB plan they've got? Have you read through it at all? I yeah, it's like so sixty-seven pages. Dumb. You can't even hold a runner on first. Oh my god! Uh, no, no fist bumps. Yeah, no, no high fives, no hugs, no, no pats on the ass, no tobacco, no sunflower seeds. You have to arrive at the stadium in your uniform. No post-game showers. No exchanging lineup cards. And they get a box lunch to take home for dinner. If, if not, they want it, if they want it, are you serious? Yeah, you can't eat it there. They'll give you a box yeah. lunch. You take it back to your hotel or whatever. What is? What does that do? That's just because they're used to having food in the clubhouse oh. and stuff. So they're like, yeah, we provide you a meal, but it's a box lunch now. Or you can go back to your hotel and order room service or whatever. Huh. But they're used to hanging out and like they can't take any Ubers. So there's no hanging out in the clubhouse, having a few uh, adult beverages or anything like that before you head out. You know, Mark Grace would have quit as soon as he heard that. That crazy. slipped. I, I shouldn't say that. I live in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I just don't see. I, I mean, honestly, there's no. And then Blake Snell with the whole. Yeah. I, I got to get mine, bro. Statement. It, yeah. It's going to be how much financial gain is worth risking your life and your health. And with all these rules, I don't foresee it happening. As much as I love the sport, it's yep. not looking good. I agree. I agree. I would be surprised if there's baseball this year. I did bring the season tickets back to the office and said, I, I, I throw my hands up. I'm done. Uh, th- those could be collector's items. Oh, I'll go back and get them then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all neatly packaged together. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Delphi Delf? Oh, my gosh. You know, I keep thinking there's at least some sense of normalcy. I, I have actually gone to the office twice. Uh, what, what's today? I don't, well, that's the thing. I don't even know what day it is. Today's Tuesday. I did go we to the office go yesterday Tuesdays. and today. So some sense of normalcy. Um, double header. <laughs> back to back exactly right not for full days but they were very productive days nonetheless um the lovely megan she's actually in our presence and i am looking at her and i'm going to give her a shameless plug she's starting her own concierge business so she has called her business just ask megan who came up with that one I, I would I would assume you. <laughs> if, if you need the pat on the back, we'll go with that. I, I, so I felt that one. She's rocking and rolling with that. We'll see where that takes her, but I'm pretty excited. Um, what have I been watching? I've been watching Bloodline. I really like that series a lot. We got like two episodes to finish it up. Pretty crazy. And of course, uh, The Last Dance. And I'm not caught up with that. I just got through episode eight. And I... The, <laughs> That was, I don't, do you, I don't know if you remember episode eight, but at the end of it, they got, you know, Jordan's laying on the ground after winning, I think, the third championship. And he's just like, he's holding, he's like, he's like sobbing, you know, he's, and I'm just looking at the life that that guy had to live. And I, I don't know how many people would want that. You know, obviously everybody wants that money, mm-hmm. but oh my God, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. You know, he's locked, his, his safe haven is when he's in his hotel room. Outside of that, he could not be a normal or person. At, or at the casino at in the Atlantic casino. City. Yeah, Atlantic Atlantic City. City. <laughs> yeah, but the pressure that he was under for so many different reasons with his dad, you know, getting killed and everything like that. I mean, what a mess. And I remember watching that, and, I, and I, I, it all came back to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I remember them thinking, like, his dad got murdered because of Michael's gambling yeah. or something like that. But that, that wasn't the case. You know, how, could he ever, how could he ever get that much of debt? No. How much money he's making? It'd be like, just oh, yeah. wait yeah. like six months. I guarantee yeah. you, you'll have your money. And I'll, yep. you know, sell some McDonald's or Nikes or exactly. Hanes or exactly. anything and everything in between. Yeah. Just such a great, it's been a great, great series. Absolutely. So I can't wait to finish it up. That 94 series, no bueno, though. 
94. Oh, yeah. The songs. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Barkley. Jake knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, let's see. Last but not least, uh, Jake mentioned we're getting out of town uh, this weekend. Presley and Jake and McKenna and Will and myself and Megan head up to Flagstaff, get out of the heat, and just uh, celebrate a couple graduations. So I'm really looking forward to that. Big time, boys. Big time, boys. All right. The Safety Apparel Safety Share. Uh, safety Apparel has the best safety vests on the planet can confirm all my survey crews have worn them for a number of years you can check them out at safetyapparel.us and be sure to follow them on all their social media platforms is pretty entertaining so the safety apparel safety share this week isn't a safety share per se it's more of a a, another facebook rant oh boy so (laughs) you cover your ears if uh if you're easily offended by by language or anything like that i know we have a uh parental guidance stamp on our on our logo so we should be okay but um i'm just gonna say ryan o posted this on the field crew and just let you know my last name starts with a k so it was not me it was not you yeah and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna read this post and this post literally made me stick to my stomach because this is an issue across our profession okay listen to this post okay he posts just curious are there any chiefs that aren't complete douchebags and actually train the rodmen and imen so they can better themselves in the future i have had one chief who actually was supportive and helpful and overall made me a better imen have had five or six so far half have been fired for various reasons almost makes you hate what you're doing until you have a chief who isn't an asshole and actually wants you to be better and turn better at helping them more or less a conversation starter but sick and tired of these crusty white trash racist people i work with i love what i do i hate these subhuman shit stains that somehow make it in this career and constantly wonder why they do what they do wow Crazy, huh? Is 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 uh, I? Uh, it's a social media post. So is Ryan O of some sort of minorital status? No, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. No, I, I, he just. I think he was just making an observation. And okay. It's so right. frustrating. I'm just curious. We, we talk about this stuff all the time. How there's good people out there who really want to further themselves in this profession, but they have such a hard time finding good mentors. You know, and I it, guarantee you this is probably the case 50% of the time. So if anybody out there is one of these guys that is on the other side of this being the asshole, shame on you. <laughs> we don't want your kind around here. <laughs> we'll be, uh, I guess, the racist, sexist, whatever you want to call it, of this industry. Yeah. We don't want that. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to some fun stuff. We have an awesome guest tonight, uh, Michael Thompson. Michael is president and general manager of Halma Thompson Land Surveys in Calgary, Alberta. And he's also the chair of Professional Surveyors Canada. And to make note, he is not related to the most famous Canadian surveyor, David Thompson. Unfortunately, otherwise we'd have some uh, some royalty out with us tonight. But that's okay. We'll take Michael anyways. Michael was born in. Way to sell him. Is it Rosetown or Ross? Yes, yeah, Rose, Rose, Rosetown. Rosetown, Saskatchewan. Just like it looks. Yep, and grew up all over Saskatchewan before settling in Calgary, Alberta. He attended University of Calgary, where he got his bachelor's of science, geomatics, engineering. Home of the I thought it was the Fighting UC Rexes, but I was I was. Uh, Great logo, I guess. Great yep. logo, yeah. But it's the dinos, and we're going to find out here in just a minute why it's the dinos. Michael is married and spends his free time curling. So obviously, we're naturally friends, both real Absolutely. and online. We've yet to play online, but we've got to make that happen. He likes to golf, hike, travel, part of the rotary, and 
he likes to attend to national survey issues, having actually addressed a Canadian Senate committee last year, which is pretty cool. As far as sports teams go, New York Islanders, Calgary Flames, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, of course, and Schutz is going to like this. I love this one. Any, You want to say it? Anyone that plays the Yankees. Yes, as, I, the Yankees. as I have a Red Sox hat on today. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, Michael's worked in the survey world for about 17 years and... Little known factoid, he actually has a tattoo of a plumb bob on his back. So if he allows us to post the picture with the episode, we'll do that. But Michael, thanks for being here, buddy. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And I might want to also note that you were actually on our COVID-19 panel. I think that was our very first Geoholics Anonymous thing. And um, appreciate you being on that panel. And I think what we're going to do, I know it's a little off topic, but I think we'll probably do another one of those with the exact same guys like, you know, two, three months later and see where everybody's at as it re- pertains to COVID-19. So everything changes pretty quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, how are you doing with the COVID-19? How are you dealing with it personally and professionally? Uh, personally, uh, well, I have my, my wife is a contract teacher, so she, she's been laid off for about a month now, which is, you know, I get dinner at home pretty nice all the time. So that part's all right. Um, been working right through the, the pandemic here in Alberta. We haven't been been shut down um i know other parts of of canada like quebec was even the entire real estate industry was shut down for some time and in in ontario they kind of got some bad direction from the governments they didn't know whether they were supposed to be working or not you'd have a developer call one surveyor they'd say oh they can't do that because of the rules and they'd just call the next guy and the next guy would do it and of course the first surveyor would be all all upset that this other guy was working when they shouldn't be. It was just kind of a, a mess, but we're mm. starting to, seems like we're coming to the other side of that, that um, things are starting to open up stages in Canada. I, I imagine similar things are happening here that, you know, you guys right. are getting haircuts and what have you. <laughs> it's a big deal down here. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? So your company is uh, how was it about 10 employees. You said, I got six employees. Six employees? Okay. And then are you guys, I'm assuming you've all had, uh, those that were in the office are now working from home or have been anyways? Uh, yeah, we have, we've been moving to, for the drafters to be working from home, even the field guys who mm-hmm. were a little spoiled with me downloading their data and, and getting some, you know, paper printed plans or learning to work from tablets and, yeah. um, working remotely, even though they're in town, um, we don't have to do a lot of travel in our company. Everything's kind of within an hour's drive of, of actually Lethbridge here, which is south of Calgary. But, you know, they're home every night. So it's, when they're only a five-minute drive from the office, it's a little bit weird to be working remotely. But mm-hmm. we have been doing that. Are things uh, opening up in Canada then, or what's the state? Yeah, it's uh, like we just can get haircuts as of last Thursday in Alberta here. Uh, schools are still shut down until next year. We're not sure what that's going to going to look like hmm. there's uh like eastern canada they have hardly any covid i think new brunswick they haven't had a new case in two weeks oh wow so it's is, quite is, a different is canada kind of the same way as like the united states where every state has its different deal like do you guys have everything at different provinces or yeah absolutely um i think the our federal government probably has a little bit more sway than than your federal government so there's the division of powers and all the stuff that if tell me if I got this wrong, but I think all the stuff they didn't think of back when they did the constitution in the US, that's part of the state's mandate. But in Canada, all the things they didn't think of, like air traffic control and mm. international trade, that type of thing is um 
is the federal government. So we do have all our provinces kind of handle health and the, the COVID issues, but a lot of it is federal, like the wage subsidy programs, what have you, are mm, gotcha. coming from the federal side. Gotcha. And I, I did a little research, and uh, hopefully these numbers are fairly accurate. Uh, population of Canada is about 38 million. Does that sound right? That's pretty close. A little bigger than California. All right. And uh, Alberta, based on my research, it says about 4.5 million. Yeah, that's sound about right. All right. And let's uh, talk survey specific as far as Canada goes. So you have, what, I think it's 10 different provinces, correct? Yeah, 10 provinces, three territories. Okay. And do you guys have a lot of the same problems that we have here down in the States as far as the lack of surveyors, you know, the average age being like almost 60 years old? Um, yeah. Do you guys have the same issues? Absolutely. Here where I am in Alberta, we have the youngest population in the country. A lot of that has to do with the formerly booming oil and gas industry. So with a lot of surveyors that worked in oil and gas, uh, we don't necessarily have the same problem here as the rest of Canada, but, you know, especially on the East Coast and in Ontario, uh, lot of, their number one issue is the aging population, you know, the 55 plus average age of a, a land surveyor um, and the attracting more people into the profession because ultimately if you can't serve the public then um you might be facing uh, some sort of deregulation or some sort of uh watering down of the of the talent pool serving the public so it, it is a big concern what are the uh, I, don't, I have no idea so that's this is where you're going to be able to educate not only myself but our listeners so are there requirements to become a licensed surveyor, are they different from province to province or is it just nas- like a national requirement? How does that work? Well, there's uh, The first step is to be able to article. So surveyors in Canada, you article much like in a lawyer articles where you get assigned to a principal who's a surveyor, who's been a surveyor for a certain number of years before they can do that and you work under them. But before you get to that point, you got to, in eight out of 10 provinces, you get the um, Canadian Board of Examiners Professional Surveyors Certificate. And there's a few ways to get that. You can go to, a, there's a couple of schools that when you graduate, you get 13 exam or 12 exam exemptions, and then you can start articling. But you don't have to do that. You could go to a tech school where you get, uh, you know, maybe six, seven, eight exemptions on the exams. Or you, if you're not wanting to go that route, you could just challenge every single exam. Doesn't matter if you even have a high school diploma or not. If you can get through all those, if you can pass physical geodesy and the photogrammetry remote sensing exams on your own, go ahead. Hmm. Then after that, there's a, the articling process. It varies from province to province, but typically um, two years of combination of office field time working under uh, your mentor, your uh, principal. Hmm. And then there's going to be exams and project reports and it all ends up with a an oral exam or a qualifying exam where you sit in front of a panel of of surveyors from the registration committee for a three or four hour grilling and then you leave the room and they decide okay this guy can come in Hmm. and you go then that's where you get your professional commission so if i heard you correctly there is not a a college or post-secondary education requirement to become a licensed surveyor in canada is that correct Uh, I believe in, I might be correct later, but I believe in Quebec, they have something in their bylaws where specifically you need to graduate from Laval Hmm. University to to be a surveyor in Quebec. But other than that, not specifically. And Ontario has a credential requirements, well, analysis committee of sorts. Mm -hmm. So for anybody trained internationally or or, um, they'll take a look at what the credentials are to get in, but they'll have, there it's, uh, 
I don't fully understand the Ontario system, but it, it I, I do believe there is a challenge. You can challenge exams there as well. Though the overall system is very similar to uh, the rest of Canada, gotcha. except for the fact they all operate it separately. And like, how are you credentialed then? Like here in the States, I mean, some States are professional land surveyor. You could have registered land surveyor. It could just be land surveyor. How, how does it work in, in Canada? Every province has their own designation. It actually is a problem because like hmm. say Alberta, we're ALS. So, you know, it's the name of a debilitating disease or Manitoba is MLS. Hmm. So they, you know, Google MLS, you're just going to get a bunch of real estate listings. There's also a Candleland surveyor, which would be like your CFED. So Candlelands are national parks, territories, offshore Indian reserves. Um, so up in the, you know, when you're in Yellowknife or, or in the Yukon, that'd be like your regular land surveyor, but mm. otherwise it'd be very similar to your CFED. Isn't that um, something you're, you're working on, like trying to get just one designation for uh, across the country? Yeah, absolutely. There's a P-Serve. We have, it's been in trademark for uh, almost a year and a half now waiting for a trademark. It got stalled by this um, Canada, US, Mexico, new NAFTA agreement. So we thought we thought we had it all set up for it. Just kind of like we have, well, you have PE, we have PNG for our engineers in Canada. Mm -hmm. If anybody across Canada can use that one term. So we're hoping that we can use P-Serve and we know from our marketing professionals we hire that that's the term that's going to resonate. Best across the country. We're not going to call ourselves a PLS because mm -hmm. it would get confused with our American counterparts. But, you know, the P-Serve is what we hope to have. There's some guys in Canada that have like five different provincial commissions. So their business cards just look at like alphabet soup. It's like <laughs> when you look at an architect's business card and they have like you know, four lines of credentials after it, it just makes you want to gag. So I'd rather <laughs> just be called P-Serve. Yeah, that's great. Um so it sounds like there's a lot of, or almost almost like a formalized, I don't know if it's an official apprenticeship or mentorship, um, but it sounds like that is a huge part of what it takes for somebody to get licensed in Canada. It is. It's an articleship. So um, the the principal needs to sign off in the good character of of their articling student. They actually have to sign a contract saying they'll follow the lawful, uh, basically commands, it sounds terrible, but the the lawful bidding of the, of the principal. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of commitment on both sides. Not only do you have the, the student that really needs to be committed to learning, but you have to, the principal is really uh, obligated to, to teach the, to teach the pupil kind of like the Jedi system. Yep. <laughs> really, that's, uh, yeah. that is how it works. I, it's, I think it's great. You, um, you have uh you get introduced to a whole community of surveyors through that because, of course, you need to know all aspects of surveying. So if you live in downtown Toronto and all you're doing is condominium surveys, well, you need to understand how to do well site leases or mining leases. So you might even have to go work under another land surveyor in a mm -hmm. different town for some time to learn that. Because, of course, when you're licensed, you can do everything, whether you're a specialist in it or not. Not to say that you should, but, you know, by, by leaving your you can't. Right. What about construction staking? Does that have to be done by a, uh, a licensed surveyor? Or can engineers do that? How does that work? It's not protected. So a construction surveying or anything that's outside of boundary surveying isn't an exclusive scope of practice. Of course, any professional surveyor could also do um, construction layouts, and professional surveyors have minimum insurance requirements. So on substantial construction projects, the major players are going to be hiring professional land surveyors for that reason, even if it is just to lay out the grid lights, let their own construction layout guys work off of that. But um, No, it is just the 
the boundary aspects that are uh, protecting scope of practice. Interesting. And I know that you have an opinion on this, and I know you've listened to a number of our episodes where the topic has come up, and that topic being, you know, do you consider uh, surveying a trade or a, or a profession? What's your what's your take on that? Well, that's, a, that's how I got hooked up with you guys, is because I listened to one of your episodes and sent you like a four-paragraph rant on that after. <laughs> I wasn't going to um, say anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, it's a profession. Um, land is important, and the public relies on surveyors to to be the experts on on land. They, just like uh, doctors, lawyers, engineers, the medical professionals, it's there's a reason why these groups in are um, regulated or self-regulated in the case of of the groups in Canada is because they know better than the politicians what the what the rules should be and and how to best protect the public. And that's uh, that's incredibly important. You you can't uh, I wouldn't call it a trade when you're um, constantly acting for for everybody involved just because you have a client. There's always somebody on the other side of the boundary. It's someone else is always affected. And it, you know we aren't like lawyers. We don't just work in one person's interest. It's all you always have the public interest in mind. Yep. And and I I have to be remiss if I didn't ask this. As you are a Canadian guy, obviously you're up there. That's kind of this mystical land to us. I've been there once in my life, and all I know is you have universal health care, and it's supposedly great. And <laughs> but as far as the surveying world goes, uh, what unique challenges do you guys have? Uh, I know there's been some problems with forestry, oil and gas, um, going to self-regulation. Go over it all, and then I got one follow-up after you get all that covered. Oh, wow. That's a that's a handful, especially oil and gas. I think um, price just came back, back up above $30, $30 a barrel. Um, and, of course, our oil is worth a lot less than your oil because we can't get our oil to market because we can't get any pipelines built. It's a <laughs> very intricate <laughs> problem, but we're, we're very much a resource-based economy in Canada. So our, when our forestry and oil and gas sector go down, the surveyors that serve them, they certainly is a lot less work. So it can be, it can be boom and bust. And that, especially in Alberta where we rely heavily on oil and gas, that's, that's the truth. And that's why, that's why it's the UFC dinos because there's so many dinosaurs under the ground. And that's where we get all of our oil. <laughs> uh, in terms of self-regulating, like we are in Canada surveying across the country is a self-regulating profession. So instead of having, you know, say the Montana land surveyors, which is an advocacy group and then have a regulatory board underneath that we have like in Alberta, the Alberta Land Surveyors Association, and they are the regulators. So there's an act that gives them power to control registrations, control discipline, and to um, control practice review. And that's that's taken quite seriously. But lately, there's been quite a threat to deregulation. There was uh, the dentists in British Columbia were doing a lot of underhanded things, and it's all detailed in something they call the Caton Report, where they were uh, giving people money to go away not make discipline complaints and all kinds of crazy stuff that's so because of this the professions in canada are really under the microscope i know in quebec the uh, professional engineers had their um self-regulating status threatened to be taken away um the real estate agents in alberta the government came in and just fired the entire board because they they weren't acting in the public interest so <laughs> surveyors are you know we're not self-regulating because we should be self-regulating we're self-regulating because that's the best way to protect the public so i mean in the end if state regulation which is 
the system you guys have from my understanding right across the, the country. I mean, if that's the best way then for the public, then so be it. But honestly, I don't think it is. And that's garnered a lot of attention lately. Yeah. Oh, what else did you throw into there? You said forestry. Well, actually, Canadian dollar is dropping. So whenever Canadian dollar drops, we we generally do better in forestry. Anything we export, hmm. um, if we get a better price, then we sell more. So it might be a silver lining in the in the recent events. <laughs> well, and then oh. the, the last thing would be um, a question for you personally with your company and what you've noticed beyond yourself of uh, safety. If you're, are you guys running one person crews, two, three? How, how are we keeping this safe? And I know it's a whole different ball game than it is here at times. So I'm just curious to hear what you have to say with that. Absolutely. Um, my company, I kind of have three crew chiefs and I know Kent won't like me saying this, but if we're in an urban environment, if there's people around, I, I don't have a problem with there being a one man crew. It's when we're in a remote setting that we'll, we'll team the guys up, especially if we're getting into the mountains. Uh, we do have spot GPS and, and satellite phones on top of having two people. It's been making things interesting lately because of course, uh, with COVID, those two man crews are now, or sorry, mm-hmm. I should say two person crews. Yeah. Caught myself in that. Uh, two-person crews are now two truck crews. It's kind of funny taking two trucks on a, a job where you used to take one, but that's just that's the world we live in right now. Yeah, no doubt. And a lot of your work is so seasonal just because of the, the different climates, right? Yeah. Well, up north, if um, oil and gas industry, we our oil and gas wells are everywhere. It's in Muskeg, which I'm not even sure if you have Muskeg in the States, but this spongy... Um, mossy stuff that's on top of floating water and you, the only way to get through is on ice roads. So you got to wait for everything to freeze and then you're actually busy surveying oil and gas industry in the in the winter more so and then you know, on the in southern Canada it's more the opposite where we're more active in the summer and summer is the construction season so it it is quite seasonal even if you're working on the residential side real estate of course that real estate's always busier in the fall and or sorry, in the spring and summer, yeah. into fall a bit, but not so much in the winter. Yeah, I, I do know what that stuff is all about. I have watched that Ice Road Trucker show. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have it in Alaska. <laughs> when you keep, you can't work without a jackhammer in oh my in Canada God. like that frozen ground. You you're not gonna be breaking that out with a ground axe. It's wow. it's hard. You gotta get through that frost. Um, I've had in working frozen ground ground posting a subdivision. I've been hitting that thing with a sledgehammer mm. so hard that the bottom of the post starts coming back up to the ground because it's bent right over and it comes right back oh up. I don't know which side is, which side is the top only by the crown on the post. Uh, oh, I guess you guys probably don't have crowns on posts, do you? Not so much. No, I guess that's a that's a Commonwealth thing. Yeah, we put crowns on uh, our monuments and really? face the north. No mm. kidding, that's pretty cool. You got you got to start um, exporting more wine. That'll fix everything. Oh, our British Columbia wine industry is thriving. <laughs> go on wine tours in other parts of the world, and they're all kind of pompous and whatnot. You go on a wine tour, yeah. like a Kelowna area, it's like a pub yep. crawl. Yep, yep. I've actually been there. That's why I said that. It's so awesome right there, actually. Um, let's get a little technical. I'm sure a lot of people have the same question. How is how is land subdivided in Canada? I know like here in the States, of course, we have the rectangular public land system, or we have some states that are meets and bounds. How How is it all uh, tracked out in Canada? It's very similar. Like our... Uh the older part of Canada, the eastern seaboard, is much like your eastern seaboard, mm. where it's uh, you know, 
goes back to possession and deed system. Um, there's still a lot of deed system in Eastern Canada, but it's a, from middle of Ontario West, it's all uh, Torrens is the Dominion Land Survey System. So very similar. We got uh, six mile by six mile townships that are divided into it's a six by six grid quarter sections. We numbered a little differently. We start at the bottom right hand corner and go um, to the left zigzagging up. And I think you guys start at the top, top right left corner. Top right corner yep. and zigzag mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Yep. So numbered a little differently. Interesting. We, um, do you guys have road allowances? Uh, more road allowances going north, south, than east, west, or is it just road allowance between every section? Uh, every section. Okay. Yeah. We only do going for the east-west roads. We only go every second section because um, there's a lot more traffic going north, south, and east-west. I guess was the original idea. And then, uh, is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I heard from somebody who had surveyed in Canada, like here, and it's kind of unfortunate, but like here in Arizona, for example, um, especially in the developed areas, all the section corners fall right smack dab in the middle of intersections. So every time somebody's got to get out there and it's ridiculously dangerous. Um, I heard something about in Canada, like the section corners, I don't know if they, maybe they fall in the intersections, I don't know, but they're offset. Yeah, they're at the northeast corner of the section and then at the north quarter and east quarter of the quarter section. So it's always on the south or west side of the road allowance. Yep. Of course, we have similar problems because that we have our telephone company puts their lines always in that ditch. So they like to put in pedestals and rip out our monuments that way. And mm. then, of course, when you put them back in, you put them back in through the phone line. So <laughs> you're always <laughs> somewhat reliant on one call. And that yeah. that's not always the, the best locates either. So we have... We have our field crews are trained in locating it for nothing else to try and try and not hit buried utilities or to be the second second sweep <laughs> there. So I mean, it's not as bad as being in the middle of the intersection because we don't have the traffic. Right. And I'm glad we don't have to deal with the traffic when you be in the ditch. But hmm. it's still not all it's cracked up to be. We have a lot more lost monuments because of that. Hmm. Yep. Got to take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah. Um, how about your, like, what's the basis of your national control? Do you have, like, here, of course, we have the state plane coordinate system. Um, what, do, what do you have up there? Well, mostly uh, UTM and 3TM systems. Uh, in Western Canada, anyway, um, rural areas will use UTM, and then our um, urban areas, we use 3TM, which is basically the same thing, except three degrees wide, and 0.9999 central meridian factor instead of 0.9996. And uh, yeah, our um, our datum we've uh, our, we updated our vertical datum to a geoid based model back in 2013. We're still in that 83 based um, based offset or based geoid. So I guess when you guys upgrade to NATRF 2022, yep. you guys will be on a geoid based elevation system. So we're going to be working on the same elevations, which is cool. But then you're going to shift to the center of the Earth <laughs> as opposed to our 1.5 meter offset. So then we're going to be still apart again so um i think it's only a maritime before canada gets geocentric yeah anyway um that was right my, now we're that was my next question then are you guys preparing for the 2022 um revision to that or no not really not, not really. from my, okay. my understanding i gotcha. think it'll happen at some point okay. right now we have what we call the canadian spatial reference system and provinces have adopted adopted different epochs of it because of course that you can't just have your your uh datum you have to have the epoch of your datum so say in alberta we have 2002 and bc might have 2010 so we don't we can't even get the same datum in um in each province so we're going to switch gears here real quick anya um 
free shameless plug don't get used to it the professional surveyors of canada it's uh psc-gpc.ca yeah, Metro uh, Professional du Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you just said, I agree with. Um, <laughs> if you don't mind, tell us all about this organization, what they do to support land surveyors, and uh, get into the magazine, if you don't mind. Okay, well, Professional Surveyors Canada, it's been in this form since 2010. Before that, it was uh, organization of all the regulatory bodies, and we never really had an advocacy group because everybody was just a member of the regulatory body. But, of course, that creates... a uh, conflict of interest you know just like doctors make money off polio vaccinations but polio vaccinations are are still a good idea so for those instances you have psc that can still act in the public interest but if that's in a conflict of interest or if that's helpful to surveyors in some some fashion then that's still okay and uh, re- really came to to light with the the covid situation say in quebec where surveyors were completely shut down and they found that their group being the regulatory body, well, they couldn't even go against their government and say, hey, um, we need to work and we're part of this supply chain for things like construction. Like if you need to have uh, public works and infrastructure, you still need surveyors during the, during the pandemic, but then it's just left to to professional surveyors Canada to take on that role. And um, we've also done a lot to uh, to promote the profession. We do social media advertising. We've developed a number of like whiteboard videos and stock footage videos for things like uh, title insurance versus getting a survey or the value of the surveyor and the subdivision process, um, the buried utilities and why buried utilities should be not right on the property line where we can put a post through them. but but offsets or that buried utilities should be at a minimum depth. If you're going to have a ground disturbance depth, you should at least bury your lines deep enough. Um, those, those sort of issues. Um, lately we're looking um, bigger picture. I'm hoping we are, have a nationwide real time network for uh, precise point positioning. Um, talk, talking to natural resources, resources Canada about, about that, um, really the, the big picture idea, say the P-Serve, having one designation across Canada so that we can actually resonate with the public and the public can recognize, hey, these guys exist. Because let's face it, most people in, out there have no idea what a land surveyor is or they think that we're a landscaper instead of a land yep. surveyor. Happens Definitely all the time. Happens yeah. all the time. What are you guys doing to uh, promote the profession? Just a couple examples. I mean, just curious. Okay, well, like I said, we have our social media advertising, so people going on things like Facebook or news sites uh, that are, say, looking to purchase a house, we we target the, that audience with uh, with ads that lead to our website with the, that has content on that information. I know on the um, ed, on the recruitment side, this isn't really Professional Surveyors Canada, but um, the Saskatchewan Surveyors Association had developed a surveyor in a crate that they could take around to uh, elementary, junior, high schools and to educate on surveying to that that age demographic. And that's gone through a number of provinces now, so that's been a really good program. Um, I I know that Canada hasn't really um, taken on get kids into survey quite yet, but you know I've been keeping my eye on that. That's that's a really great initiative, and I think worldwide it's garnering garnering a whole lot of attention uh, and we we advocate uh, we'll go to ottawa and speak on issues that affect the public and affect our profession just like um you had mentioned that senate 
um, committee hearing. That was something called Bill C-69, which was this huge omnibus bill that was a big deal in Canada. There are sections of it where people were getting affected by uh, restrictions to using their land and they had never, they're only beside right of way. No one had ever made an agreement with them. No one had ever consulted them. So speaking on that, not something that would necessarily get surveyors more work, but it is something that's hurting the public and it's something that we know about and the politicians don't. So so we go fight that fight. So you may have mentioned this throughout this conversation, but if you had to pick one thing, what would be your biggest um, concern? And what would be the one thing you're most excited about as it pertains to uh, surveying in Canada? One thing that's uh, the biggest concern right now in Canada is governance. It's the uh, whether we're under the microscope to lose our self-regulating model, which which really is for the public good, the best model, and it saves government a whole ton of money too. Um, and that's what's dominated the conversation is um, that self-governance uh, issue. Um, the thing I'm the most excited about is um, how we are moving into the the new technological realm of surveying. Like, let's we're, the traditional survey plan hasn't really changed much in a hundred years, but now we're looking at Survey Plan 2.0. When when is the CAD file going to become what governs that boundary, um, and how is that going to be hooked up to to AI components in mm. in your smartphone? Is it is the surveyor going to become more the the manager, interpreter, and gatekeeper of that data versus the the collector and manager, or just the the collector and ground interpreter of that data? And that's really exciting. I guess that, that's a worldwide thing, of course. And I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And the technology side of things, absolutely amazing. I was just talking to one of our uh, friends of the program, let's say today, <laughs> about. Um, and I've mentioned it before, there is a UAV out there that actually sets stakes, right? And the next step to that is not only does it set a stake, it sets a smart stake. So you can walk up to the stake with your phone, right? Mm -hmm. And as long as you have this, I mean, it'll tell you what the stake is. You could also probably determine whether, you know, the cut and fill from that stake. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. I mean, the direction the stuff is going is, is mind boggling. I just got to freaking retire. <laughs> you're going to be replaced here. It'll be like the car industry or building it. And yeah, you're, you're going to be out of a job before we know it. Oh um, question we've kind of danced around. We've talked about mentors. We talked about promoting the profession, all this good stuff. You've been doing this for 16 years. Um, you personally, tell us about your mentor, mentee, both sides of it. If you've been on both sides of it, um, experiences and, and how they've, influenced you in your career here well when when i was when i was going through articles my my best mentor he wasn't actually my uh, principal but bruce goodham here in alberta that I, I worked under um actually in high i was in high level in northern alberta he even uh stayed in a extra room in my house it was kind of his second home so he taught me a lot about um, not only the calculation and legal side of surveying, but the ethics side. Um, and really a, a lot of how I operate nowadays and how I check plans and, and how I run a business is, is due to that influence from, from Bruce. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of great things. He's even set up kind of a, they call it Eclipse College, where articling students once a week can tune in to uh, surveyors like me that give a talk on land title systems or um, 
you know, reestablishing spiral curves, whatever the, the case might be. So I think that's my number one mentor. There's uh, a guy, Professional Surveyors Canada, that I've looked up to, a former chair that was in my position. I don't want to mention him too much because he's got a really big ego, but Wilson <laughs> Phillips. Um, Isn't I'll, that a I'll band? I was going to say. <laughs> Take a chance. Or no, what is what is that song? Yeah, oh. It actually is his name. is Wilson Phillips. It's okay. Hold on. Yes, for yeah. one more day. <laughs> Hold on. All right. All right. <laughs> we digress. We digress. All right, let's, let's hear about Wilson. Oh, um, he's when he took over for Professional Surveyors Canada, and they were doing things like uh, you know rewriting our bylaws and post paperwork. He kind of said, "Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take over from this unless I'm doing cool shit. So let's do some cool shit." <laughs> and that's where the the P serve idea came from. That's ultimately where the the fight for underground infrastructure um, and public rights regarding it came from and now we're garnering a lot of attention before it was like oh there's professional surveyors canada they're going to advocate and and we started upsetting people a little bit which means i think we're doing a good job and trying to trying to be a little bit of a disturbance because i think you have to be to uh yep properly serve serve your mandate completely agree well with all this talk of you know mentors and all this good goodness and bringing the the future forward um you are a fan of the show clearly if you've written a diatribe about some things we've talked about you've already been on a round table so you know this one's coming uh what motivates you and do you have a mantra that you live by motivates me i'd say um besides motion of course (laughs) oh no no (laughs) nobody in canada drinks that stuff nobody (laughs) drinks canadian club either um just do it now like there's i don't like waiting just like when you're on vacation and you see something you want to buy or there's something you can do. Like that's the best time to do anything is when you have the opportunity is just do it now. I think it's the complete opposite of what your last guest of the Barry Jackson guy. Yeah. He was saying stop and think about it. And I, I probably should, but I don't guess um kind of like uh, in business. Sometimes making any decision is better than making no decision. Um, I don't like to, to wait to try something. I Maybe sometimes it's like a bull in China shop, but I, I like to act quickly. I'd do it now. I would have to say that I believe in that exact same thing. I've known you long enough to, yes, I would agree 100% <laughs> with that one. I think uh, I, I've kind of, I want to believe at least I've gained some wisdom and I don't do that as much. <laughs> I think my wife's beaten that out of me, but. <laughs> uh, good stories from that though, right? Ah, uh, yes, of course. No yeah. doubt about it. There were there were a few arrests, you know, a few times in a Mexican prison. No. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound grandiose and and fun, but there was pops. Oh yeah, there was pops. We, yeah, that that is soda for those mid. That goes way back. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's let's switch gears. Uh, autobiography about your life. What would it be called? And who would oh. play you in the movie? And don't say Wayne Gretzky. No, no. <laughs> I'm just no, throwing out all I'm the Canadian references I have. No, I think uh, recalculating. Yeah. Calculating is what my, that's what my wife says to me whenever I start talking about surveying. She just makes her nerd voice and says, calculating, calculating. <laughs> but you know, I, drive, I think I drive past my destination more often than not, so always recalculating. Okay. I think I'm more of a bit of a goofball, so maybe let's go with Mike Myers. That's, like, that's, a, that's a solid Canadian right there. The Austin recalc- Powers himself. Yeah, the whole recalculating thing. I mean, I swear to God. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty intelligent human being, mm. but I could get freaking lost in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Holly's going up the down and down the up. I mean, oh my god. My wife always Never gives ends. me a hard time. She's like, "You make maps for a living. How yeah. do you get lost ever?" I'm like, I don't. Exactly. I can't. I don't exactly. admit it. At least. There's that assumption that surveyors are great navigators, and we all know that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> it's all based on GPS at Can this confirm. point, right? <laughs> all right, Michael. I think we're. Uh, gosh, we've gotten through pretty much everything. Is there anything that maybe we haven't talked about that you want to make sure you get out there? I know there's been a lot covered. He threw threw a lot at me, and I, th- I think I got it covered. Yeah, you did. I'll you did a, think of something later. You well, did a great job, and uh, if you do think of something later, we can always have you on again. We'd love to. We can have him back yeah. on to talk if uh, if, it, if there's anything you would like to talk about. About I, w- I will say that Ryan O from the the Facebook page you have there. Yeah. If he thinks that every crew chief is uh, is a shit stain, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's not the crew chiefs that are the problem. Yeah. He's definitely working for the wrong crew chiefs. <laughs> you got to look in the mirror before you make that comment. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? No, I'm good. No. think that covers it. I like this beat lab. Right. We'll be back here again. Yeah. I like, kind of like this. Right. This might be the new studio one. We'll it's have to a, wait It's a great see. setup. Yeah. It's not so bad. I just I like the fact that the fridge is stocked. The air conditioner works better. It's not as loud. <laughs> <laughs> We're still going to have to edit it out a little bit, but not as bad. <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, thank you so much again for uh, for coming on with us. And like I said, I hope to see you again soon, probably sooner than later, actually, when we have uh, a regroup of the COVID-19 panel. Um, Absolutely. So we appreciate it. And yeah, and you guys must put an awful lot of work into what you're doing here. Much appreciated. Love hearing it. Appreciate the kind words, man. If you can just keep promoting it, uh, that's all we can ask for. So, all right. With that, be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com and uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for the Geoholics. And I don't know, did you mention it earlier, Shoots? I don't know, but we have a freaking app. I did not mention it earlier. I was testing you. There is a Geoholics app that you can download from landsurveyorsunited.com. Be sure to check that out. It puts everything right in the palm of your hand. It's actually really, really cool. You can email us at info at thegeoholics.com if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show. And with that, let's have Big Shig, Big Shig, Big Sugar (laughs) take us out with Digging a Hole. Available on Spotify and Apple Music. Be sure to visit their website, bigsugar.com. Support local. And as always, stay safe and healthy, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com, Unifly at unifly.aero, Bad Elf at bad-elf.com, and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.